Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Talking Sports with Ben. It is me, Ben. What is happening everybody? Another late one for me. That damn Stranger Things is keeping me up at night. It is so fucking good. I think it's the best opening season to any show I've ever seen. I'm a big Walking Dead guy. I love Breaking Bad. A lot of the great shows, but... That first season was absolutely crazy. It was so good. And I'm almost done with the second season already. I'll be finishing it tomorrow. If you have not seen it, go watch it. So much fun. Such a good time. Ugh, it's so good. So it's like 10.45 and I'm just starting. Actually, it's almost 11. So yeah, going to be another late one for me. But I'm jacked up. I love this shit. Y'all know that. Uh, before I get into the news like I always do, I'm going to say thanks like I always do. You guys have been great. Uh, the people that reviewed, the people that are giving me the ratings, the people that hit me up on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, it means the world to me. If you just hit a like on one of my posts that I do associated with this podcast, it means the world to me. This is my dream. I'm having a lot of fun with it. I love talking about this stuff. It's, it's absolutely amazing. I know I say it every week, but thank you. And please continue to support. It means the world to me. All right, let's jump into the news. Um, last podcast, pretty much as soon as I got done with it, the news dropped that Tyrod Taylor was getting benched in favor for Nathan Peterman. Now, I posted on social media to see what everybody thought about it. And, man, I thought this is, you know, when you... When you hear about a quarterback change, usually it's a slow thing, right? Like maybe Doug Marone at the end of the game would say, well, maybe we need to evaluate the quarterback position or we need to evaluate every position, including, you know, they they find ways to to work it in. But no, Tyrod Taylor, yeah, had a shitty game. But Buffalo is a playoff team as of today. They have a winning record, and, I mean, and you bench him. Yeah, he was awful last game, but was it all on him? I mean, he didn't give up 40-some points. I don't know. I think they are going, these last uh, couple weeks have been a struggle for Buffalo, but and in, the Marcel Darius trade is looking uh, very bad for them. Since he's been gone, the Jets ran all over him with Forte and Powell. They both feasted. And then last time out, the Saints, Jesus Christ, Ingram, Kamara, they just, they, they ran all over them. So I think that Marcel Darius move is really, they're uh, shaking their head over that one at this point. I, if I were a Bills fan, I'd be pretty pissed off at that. I mean, they can't stop the run right now. So, yeah, but. Nathan Peterman, don't know um, a whole lot about him. He was a fifth-round pick, played for Pittsburgh. I believe he was at Tennessee prior to that, and then he transferred. He played at Pitt for a couple years. Kind of an, I mean, not a lot of hype. I mean, we'll see what happens. He did come in and throw a touchdown, but, you know, that's all garbage time. It doesn't. And he's got weapons. The biggest problem is the run game. The run game has um, not been great the last couple weeks, and, LaShawn McCoy needs his touches, so I don't know. We'll see what happens, but they got the Chargers. I mean, they got a great pass defense. You got to get the run game going, but they're going to stack that box and try to make Peterman beat him, so we'll see what we'll see what he's all about. But I feel bad for Tyrod Taylor, man. It seems like he is always dealing with something. I wish, I really hope that in the offseason when he goes somewhere else that a team really buys into him and gives him a... Uh, Gives him just the confidence. No, lets him know that you are our guy. Go win us games because he can win you games. He's not gonna light up the stat sheet or anything like that, but he's gonna win you games. I like Ty- I like Tyrod Taylor. I'm a big fan of his. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but this Jameis Winston deal. Apparently, he's getting accused of groping a female Uber driver. The NFL is currently investigating it. The woman is accusing him basically of grabbing her crotch while driving him to Scottsdale, Arizona in March of 2016. So it's all, it's been almost a couple years. And when Winston's comments on it was saying, 
man, we there was a bunch of us in the car. We were in the back seat. Uh, she said that no, it was only him in the car, and he was in the passenger seat. No files were charged at the time, so I don't. I I think just the media, some kind of news outlet, uh, released the story. I don't know, man. This is fish. You know, Winston, uh, uh, put this aside for just a moment. Him and Mariota, you know, same class, and a lot of people thought that they were going to take that extra step. Um, this year, it's their third year in the league, and neither of them really have. Uh, they've had their moments, but they haven't really looked good on the field. Now, with this Winston injury, you know, he was in that little uh, get, getting Mike Evans basically suspended and fined. He did get fined as well for that little childish act, and then there's this, and it just... I don't know. It makes me think. Take this out of it, because I know this has happened two years ago, and this is a, it's very serious. But how much does he care about football? It just doesn't seem like he he was willing to put that work in. He's willing to be that guy, willing to be that leader, and then you throw in something so serious like this. I really hope he is telling the truth, and that this uh, woman is did not get sexually assaulted, and. If he's lying, I, that's unforgivable because that is something you cannot do in any situation or in, under any circumstance. And I really hope that he's telling the truth. But I don't want to, you know, spend a lot of time on it. I've already spent too much, in my opinion. He just, it's so serious and we, there's so much unknown. So we'll see what happens. Philip Rivers was going through the concussion protocol, and he cleared, so he's going to play this week against the Bills, which is good because if you were going to tune into that game, not ready to see, you know, Peterbin versus, uh, was it Kellen Moore, I think, is the back over there. So, boy, that would have been fun. So, yeah, he cleared. He's going to play. So that's good news for the Chargers. Arizona's going to start playing Gabbert. Um, I talked about it last podcast that Stanton was dealing with a sprained knee, going to be out a couple weeks. But then after the podcast, um, the reports were coming out that he was making better progress and that he could start this week. And I was like, whoa, that was quite the shift. So Arians had a little more faith and wasn't ruling him out quite yet, but he did end up getting ruled out. He might play next week. We'll see. But, yeah, I don't know what we've seen Blaine Gabbard before. You know, never been that great. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. This is a nice opportunity for him. Arizona has had uh, some pretty poor luck with injuries this year. So, I mean, he's got weapons to throw to. He's got Speed and Nelson and Brown with big bodies, and of course Fitzgerald, the man. And yeah, so he's got some weapons. Let him sling it around and see what happens. AP is going to get a lot of carries. That you, that's pretty much their formula. We've seen it the past few weeks. So. AP's going to get a lot of totes, but I hope Blaine Gabbert, you know, good opportunity. We'll see what happens. Speaking of Fitzgerald, uh, he signed, he got a one-year extension, and a little bit of surprise. I, I I thought he would retire. He talked about retiring last year. Dude can still ball, though. Man, he's play, he still plays at a very high level. He's still one of the best. I'm glad he's going to we'll get to watch him another year selfishly. It's, it's really nice. To watch him play, he did cause some very, very high level of stress that Super Bowl year in 2008 when he ran that like 60 some yard touchdown on that slant route against Pittsburgh. Ooh, that 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 was bad for me. But thankfully, Big Ben makes the amazing drive, San Antonio Holmes at the end, and Ben gets a great moment. So selfishly, I appreciate that. But Fitzgerald is a baller, man. I'm glad he's gonna hang out for another year and. During the trade deadline this year, there was some talk that Pittsburgh might go after him. That may, you know, maybe Larry was thinking about wanting to try to jump on a team that was capable of winning a Super Bowl. He's familiar with a lot of the coaches in Pittsburgh. He's uh, Haley and him have a great relationship and uh, things of that sort. So it would have been really cool to add him to our uh, weaponry. But yeah, big Fitzgerald fan, happy for him. Uh, more injuries to talk. Man, this Cowboys-Philly game, everyone's talking about how it's going to be a great game, and it probably will be, you know, a division game and two good teams. But Cowboys are coming in wounded. Tyron Smith not playing. 
And that is so, that hurts. Man, that hurts. You saw the effect of him being out last week when Adrian Claiborne just murdered Chaz Greenway, just beat him like, just beat him to death all game. And Dak took the brunt of it with receiving eight sacks. So, but it's not going to be Chaz Greenway or Chaz Green this time. It's going to be uh, uh, Byron Bell is going to get the start. And he has not started for quite some time. I think it's been since like 2015. And he's played for the Titans, I believe. He played for Carolina for a long team, but, time, but I believe the Titans were is where he last started back in 2015. We'll see what happens. I, he made a comment saying, well, if I get beat, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it my way. I'm going to do, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, Philly's got a good pass rush, so. But this is on coaching. You know, I, I ranted about this last week. If he's getting beat, fucking fix it. God, I'm not going to get in this again. I'm not going to get in this again. Just bring a running back over and chip him. Put some tight end help over on there. You know, do something. We'll see what happens, but that's a big game. You know, I, I really feel like Dallas loses this game. Philly wins this, man. They're they're they won that division. I mean they're gonna have they're gonna be like four games up already before Thanksgiving. So Philly's rolling. We'll see how they uh respond coming off a of bye. We'll see how it goes. Alright, let's get into a little bit of NBA stuff. Haven't talked a lot of NBA lately. Football's taking up a lot of my time, but I do love me some NBA. Uh Got to uh, mention Joel Embiid's night. Holy shit. Wednesday uh, on the 15th, man. Played the Lakers, and he went off. Uh, He just completely balled out. 46 points, 15 boards, 7 assists, 7 blocks on 14 of 20 shooting, 2 for 3 from the 3-point line, and the most impressive part of it is 16 for 19 from the free throw line. Most big men in this league can't shoot free throws. There ain't no hack-a-shack with Embiid. This dude will knock down them free throws. Man, he's you see him on the on the baseline just hitting a pump fake and then dunking on a dude or hitting that jumper or I mean he's so good. He's sweet. He's just man, Philly's gonna be good. Philly's a playoff team this year. And there's I've heard, you know, Dan Patrick this morning talked about that LeBron that he's heard that LeBron's looking to go into Philly. You know, Stays in the East. Easier path to the finals. Can you imagine LeBron with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and J.J. Redick? Because you got to have some three-point shooters around LeBron. It makes him way better. Corver comes with him. Shit, son. That would be nuts. So I like the Sixers, man. They're fun. Ben Simmons, seven feet. All of seven feet, too. I don't care what the box score says or the the. Player profile says that boy's seven foot, and he's playing. He plays anywhere from one to four all game, and they're fun to watch, man. I can't wait till Embiid's actually just released. Like, just take him out of his cage. No minutes restriction. You could play any. You know, God, he's an animal. He's an absolute animal. Cleveland starting to play a little bit better. Nice to see, because uh, I was getting very, very angry with them. LeBron's absolutely balling out. You know, he's got he's stuffing the stat sheet like he does. Corver and J.R. Smith are back to their three-point ways, shooting much better. And an interesting uh, stat, I like, if you look at, like, Corver and J.R. Smith's shot percentage from three compared to when he's on or off the court, it's drastic. I don't have the exact numbers for you, I apologize. But, like, Corver, when, when LeBron's on the floor, Corver shoots at such a higher percentage because... LeBron is such a good passer. He draws so much attention. He gets these guys so much more looks, open looks. It's really beautiful. Uh, tonight they won, too. Uh, they beat uh, Clippers in overtime. Uh, LeBron hit a big three in regular in uh, uh, regular period, and uh, Kevin Love hit a couple really big shots. I think LeBron had 39 and 14 rebounds. He played awesome. He's been It's been great. But it seems like Cleveland's starting to uh, figure this out again. I Isaiah Thomas coming back, hopefully sooner rather than later. That will help a lot. Their biggest issue is their point guard play. Like, it seems like it it works better with LeBron doing it because, you know, lack of other options. Derrick Rose is out again for probably three weeks, that ankle injury. Who, who would have thunked it? Jesus Christ, this boy, is he is just always hurt. 
And he was playing pretty well, too, when he's on the floor. But they really need a point guard, and that's why Isaiah is so important. When he gets back, that would help a lot. I mean, it doesn't. it's not going to help defensively, which is a big one of their biggest issues, but probably their biggest issue. But it'll be nice to have someone that can play point. Because Shump trying to play point is absolutely ugly. And I, I fucking hate Shumpert. Shumpert is garbage unless he's playing defense, in my opinion. That's the only thing he can do. And him trying to play point guard is just it is terrible. All right, gang. If I'm talking about the NBA, you got to talk about the Celtics. Holy shit, man. They look like the best team in the East, and it doesn't look close. They've won 14 straight now. Uh, last night, they beat the Warriors 92-88. Uh, to 88. Curry didn't play very well. He had a minus 14 in the plus or minus column. But neither did Kyrie. Kyrie didn't play, you know, I mean, he played okay, If he, but he didn't play great. He had a, a minus four in the plus or minus. But I love what Tatum and Brown are doing. Tatum's just getting better and better every week. You watch Tatum, he just seems like he's, he's quiet and he's just learning and he's progressing and he's just getting better and better every week. And Jalen Brown, that dude is fearless. You're going to have those, like, four for 24 shooting nights with him, I feel, but he is just fearless, man. He, Golden State, they beat Golden State, and they just weren't scared. They weren't scared, you know. Brown's attack, no, they didn't care it was Golden State, and that's so big. Their defense is unreal, absolutely unreal. They're first in opponent's points per game at 94.1. They're first in their field goal per, opponent's field goal percentage at 42 uh, best in three-point field goals made again. I mean, they're just they're uh, towards the top in every defensive category. They That is the most impressive thing. I know I've said it before, but the way Brad Stevens, who, in my opinion, is the best coach in the NBA, and it's not close, in my opinion, the way he can get, I think it's the third youngest team in the NBA, super young, a super young team, to play defense this way, does not happen. Young Players in the NBA do not play defense. They don't think it's important. They want to be on Sports Center. La di da di da. The way Brad Stevens has gotten this bunch to play defense is absolutely remarkable, and that's why they're winning games. They are, and that's what's going to win them in July. That's what's going to progress them in June and in May and April. You know, when when he gets time to those important time of the year, defense is what keeps you going. You know, I just. If Cleveland and Boston played right now, you Boston wins in five or six, no doubt. Now, I think Cleveland is going to be all figured out, and it's going to be close, but, man, you can't deny what uh, Celtics are doing right now. you got to love it. Um, just a couple more things. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, he's going to be out for quite a while. He had got his knee scoped, arthroscopic surgery. There's no timetable, but he's been uh, shady, not talked about that much. He's He's been nice. Averaging over 20 points a game and almost six assists. He's uh, Brooklyn's leading scorer. Played really well. I I, uh, I like that pickup in the offseason. I didn't, I didn't crazy like it at the time. I'm not about to say I knew this. No, but he's played well. He's played really well. He's fun to watch, too. Mike Conley is out indefinitely with a sore Achilles, and I think that's the right move because Achilles injuries, man, they... They're devastating, and you got to make sure they're healed before you rush them. I know it's it's so early. You don't want to hurt Conley. He's your he's your guy. So, and I just kind of before I move into the NFL slate, I really just got to talk about Lonzo Ball for just a second. Well, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. How bad is Lonzo Ball playing? Now I have defended Lonzo Ball to my buddies and talked about him. I'm, I hate the Lakers, but I've talked about I if you watch him play. Just the eye test, the way he uh, runs, you know, just his IQ, the way he sees the core, his passing ability, it's all there. He, he, that part is okay. But he, he's not playing defense at all. At all. Like, the guys he's guarding are getting to the rim easy. He's not playing good defense. And he is, I would love to play horse with Lonzo Ball. <laughs> for real talk, I would love to get him in a game of horse because I think I got him. Dude cannot shoot for a lick. He's shooting thirty percent, barely over thirty percent from two point range. Like, 
And get wor- gets worse. 23% from three-point range and 50% from the free-throw line. This dude is a point guard. Come on, dude. And then Magic comes out and says, we're not going to tinker with the shot. Not during... And, yeah, it's probably smart. You know, try to address it maybe in the offseason. But what's what's there to lose at this point? You ain't going to the playoffs. That's pretty damn clear. It's ugly, and he's got it. He's got it. You got to be able to shoot in this league now. Ben Simmons is struggling shooting as well, but you see him get to the rim. You see him doing other things. He'll do a little floater. He'll underhand it halfway down the lane. Like he'll he'll figure it out. He's still scoring, but Lonzo ain't man. Some of his box scores are absolutely ugly. He's they've been sitting him in the fourth quarter, and they haven't you know been a lot of talk of maybe moving him to the bench. I've even heard some people talk about moving to the G League which I think that's a stretch. He needs to get the experience. He'll be fine. I really think he's going to be all right. He needs to get some – there needs to be more talent on that team as a whole, but, man, he, he can't shoot. Just wanted to talk about that for a second. All right. Get to talk about some football now. That's what I like to talk about. Where do I start? Oh, there was a game last night, people. Steelers beat the bricks off of the Titans. Oh, so glorious. You know – when Pittsburgh plays a Thursday night game and they do what they do, man, my weekend is good. I get to watch all the football games, no stress. I already know we ate in two. It's great, it's great, it's great. Couldn't be more thrilled. Before I get into the game, I just want to say it's week 11 already. It's week 11. You know, it feels like I wait so long to get football to start and then... It's already gone. It's almost Thanksgiving already, and it's it's like, holy shit, it goes by so quick. It's just, I'm, it's so crazy that it's already week 11. Um, Skycam. I'm anxious to see what people thought about it. It didn't get the greatest reaction this time around. Uh, it, the reason why they did it is because it got such a great reaction during that Fog game, uh, New England game. Now, um, I don't hate it, but I don't love it. I don't, I wouldn't mind it uh, sometimes, but you can't do that all game. You just can't. It cuts off too much of the field. My biggest issue with it is that I, I don't know the personnel. They don't give you a wide shot first to give you, you know, you see, okay, like Steelers are on offense. I see Juju in the slot. But I don't know if AB's on the left, AB's on the right. Is Martavis in? Is Vance out? I mean, what? I don't know. You you just can't see. It's kind of fun watching it uh, during like run plays, especially. You get to see holes uh, progress and the uh, pulling of the guards and whatnot. It's kind of cool to see all that. But I mean, I just really think that you can't do that all game. You just can't. It's kind of fun to watch what Ben's seeing and whatnot. But it just you can't do it all game. You can't. Sometimes it would be fun, fine and fun, but I can't do that. It was stressing me out a bit. Okay, uh, Mariota, not the greatest night for him. Uh, 22 for 33, 306 yards, a touchdown passing, a touchdown rushing, and four picks. He got sacked five times, too. And the sky cam didn't do him any favors. because Especially that, that first pick he threw to Hilton. Holy shit, that was a horrible throw. And you see what he sees. So he's dropping back, and the dude's open, and he just tosses it over his head right to Hill. And so the sky cam definitely didn't do him any favors. That was he, he threw some really bad balls last night. I mean, he made a couple throws, but some of those were just absolutely terrible. Uh, no run game for Tennessee at all. Uh, when I talked about this game, I said they really needed to get that run game going if they wanted a shot, and they couldn't. DeMarco Murray had eight carries for 10 yards, five catches for 37. Henry, seven carries for 32 yards. Yeah, they could not run the ball. They tried more in the first half. Then it started, Pittsburgh started scoring with ease in the second half, and they couldn't. They couldn't do anything. Uh, one of the biggest plays of the game is that drop touchdown by Delaney Walker. At that time, they would have cut it back to three or something like that, and he just drops it. And then we get a sack the next play. I think we, I think that might have been the field goal we blocked. Maybe they made that field goal. Either way, that was a big uh, momentum shift. We never looked back after that. Rashard Matthews ends up with the big stat line, five catches, 113 yards, and a touchdown. That was mostly on that big play uh, to start the second half. 
little play action, and since the ball got beat, and who was it that? Can't remember who it was that missed the tackle on the back end, but it was pretty ugly. They scored right away, but yeah, that was that's the only reason he's got those big numbers. Uh, the player I was worried about most is Corey Davis because the dude is good. He did have seven targets, but he didn't do much. He only had three catches, so I pretty pleased with Pittsburgh and Sensabaugh filling in for Hayden played really good. Now I I know I just literally just said that he got beat for that touchdown, but he also had a pick and. They didn't throw it his way a lot. He was playing very, very well. Played very well. I was pleased with Hilton. Already kind of, already, I think, had his worst game of the year. It just seemed like he his play recognition was not there. He was a, a step behind. His effort wasn't quite there. He picked it up a little bit towards the end of the game. He made a couple stops, a couple tackles, a couple pass breakups. So he still played okay, but... It, I, at this point, we expect more out of Artie. He is, he's good. He just needs to get a little bit more consistent. Definitely Big Ben's best game of the year. 30 for 45, 299 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Dude loves prime time. I think he's 19 and three now in prime time. And he looked, he looked right. He looked very right yesterday. And Steelers are very, very scary when they play like that. Bell. Oh, they're sure they're you guys I guess are the lucky ones that Pittsburgh won this game because if we would have lost this and Bell would have had 12 carries I would be lighting this mic on fire right now because there is in my there is no excuse that Bell has 12 carries he did have a bunch of catches for 57 yards but 12 carries is not enough this boy needs 25 it just I don't know I guess game strip and and I guess it I mean we were th- throwing all over them pretty much with ease doing what we wanted for most of the game we had a couple we had a we had a stretch of about three drives there where it was a little bleak but Juju fell back to earth a bit four catches for 47 he still played really well had uh, eight targets which you'd like to see and he played well though he played very good still but Antonio Brown stole the show last night. 10 catches, 144 yards, and 3 touchdowns. The GOAT, we aren't worthy, call God. Dude's an animal. That catch that he had in the end zone off his helmet. Dude, he's just so good. He's so good, and he makes it look easy. And, like, he's the best receiver in the league. And, yeah, I am biased. I I am a Steelers fan, but you look at, like, Julio or, you know, or Calvin Johnson when he was playing or Dez when he was at right. These guys are huge. They're big body guys, 6'4", 230. He is a little guy doing putting up numbers like those guys are or better most time. He's he's so good. He does get a lot of love, but he deserves more. He is an absolute freak. Martavis Bryant continues to struggle. Bunch of drop passes, lack of effort at some play. He only had a couple two catches. He did come up with that fumble uh, recovery that got knocked out of A.B.'s hand there before the end of the half where we were driving down and kicked that late field goal. So that was his best play, I guess. But Jesse James got in the end zone on a play-action play that should have been Bell's touchdown that got reversed. But it's nice to see Jesse James get a touchdown, especially with Vance McDonald going out with that uh, knee or ankle injury. So, yeah, great game by Pittsburgh. It's really nice to get uh, finally put up a big number on somebody. Tennessee was playing well. They had won four games in a row, so very nice to get that win, be the first team in the AFC to get get to eight wins. Now we got our little mini bye going, and Pittsburgh's in a really good spot. So schedule's favorable other than uh, New England in a few weeks, which will be a big matchup. So got to love where Pittsburgh's at. All right, uh, now we're going to get into the Sunday's games. We got Detroit going into Chicago. Detroit 5-4 and four against the 3-6 and six Bears. Uh, Detroit's favored by three points. I'm very disappointed in Chicago's approach last week against Green Bay. When I talked about that game, previewed that game, I said it's going to be a big Jordan Howard game because it should have been a big Jordan Howard game. I think he ended up with 14 or 15 carries, and Trubisky was out there trying to throw, and I'm not saying Trubisky is incapable, but 
the recipe's there. Especially at home, you need to run the ball. And Jordan Howard's a proven guy. He's one of the better, best running backs in the league. He needs to get touches if you want to win. Maybe they don't want to win. and I, Maybe they're just trying to see exactly what they have with Trubisky. But I really like him in this game. Detroit, they, if you look at the final score against Cleveland, yeah, okay, Detroit beat the shit out of Cleveland. No, they didn't. Cleveland made a lot of mental mistakes in that game, and they were right there. They were winning for a lot of that game. They did not play great. And now, and they, you know what's coming up with Detroit. You know they play on Thanksgiving. And they play Minnesota, which is an absolutely huge game. This, and this could be a look-ahead game. And I, I really think this happens in the league. And so Detroit's going to shot. Okay, we're going to beat Chicago, and we got to really focus, and we got to make sure we get Minnesota because you could be, you know, Say you beat Chicago six and four, and Minnesota loses this weekend. They got a tough matchup. Now they're seven and three. That's a huge game. So, I I really like Chicago in this spot. I think this could be a letdown. I'm not trying to pick on the Lions. I know I picked Cleveland to maybe get their first win last week. I just think this. I I I really hope I'm wrong because I really want Detroit to. The I want that matchup on Thanksgiving against. Uh, Minnesota to be great I just feel like this could be a letdown spot and I hope I'm wrong and I hope Detroit comes out and swings their dick around and just handles business against a a worse team Chicago plays better at home I know I've said that before but it's true they you you know they play better defense at home get the run game going keep that high flying throwing offense to Tate and Jones and all them boys off the field and you'll have a shot so we'll see what happens Jacksonville going to Cleveland. There's not a lot to talk about this game. Um, the weather is supposed to be pretty shitty, snow and rain, wind, cold, you know, typical Cleveland weather in November. It's going to be a lot of running, a lot of big running on both ends. Fournette struggled last week, did not have a good outing. I expect him to bounce back. He'll have a lot of carries and a lot of opportunities to do so. Crowell and Duke Johnson both will be running a lot, I just think. When it comes to bad weather in a running game, Jacksonville's definitely a better running team. They're a better defensive team, and I don't think Cleveland has a chance to win this game. They might have a chance to cover. It is an eight-point spread, so I think they could lose by a touchdown. You know, whether it might not be, this could easily be a 17-10 to 10 game. So I wouldn't mind the, the points there maybe, but definitely Jacksonville should win this game. All right, we got Baltimore favored by two going into Green Bay. Baltimore's coming off a bye, uh, and they're a road favorite. I th- that that surprised me. I didn't think that Baltimore would be a road favorite. Maybe it's because they're off a bye and people forgot how shitty they've looked. But in, and obviously Green Bay with no Aaron Rodgers and now no Ty Montgomery. He's officially out, and Aaron Jones is going to be out for a while, so they're going to roll Jamal Williams out there, and he'll there'll be a heavy doses of him. Baltimore might get Danny Woodhead back, which is, uh, if you don't remember, one of the bigger signings in the offseason. Danny Woodhead's a baller, and he he, uh, he got hurt like almost immediately, but he played, I think, six snaps and he had three catches and one carry. They were going to use him a lot. He had 33 yards receiving and three catches and, like, one carry for four yards. They were going to utilize him a bunch, and he just got hurt right away. So if he does play, expect a lot of work out of him, maybe a down tick in uh, Buck Allen. Terrence West is uh, back from injury as well, but I don't expect him to be active. If Danny Woodhead's active, I would expect Terrence West not to be active, just to – Make sure he's uh, 100% healthy. Yeah, I don't... I, this game's this game's a, a coin flip to me. I think Hunley is starting to find his stride a little bit. He definitely is building up a little chemistry with Dombante Adams, which is nice to see. I really wish he would uh, figure something out with Jordy, though. God, it's hard to see Jordy just get three catches for 29 yards every game. But Devontae Adams is doing his thing. They're going to run the ball a lot. Get Hunley outside the pocket. Let him make some throws. I don't like Baltimore being a favorite, for sure. And I'm not just hating. I'm just speaking facts. I think the bye week does help them. But this will be a coin flip. Actually, pretty interesting game to watch. So that'll be a fun one. 
a fun one as far as it not meaning anything for anything. You know, hold on one more second. If Green Bay, say Green Bay wins the next three games. Just say. So, say Green Bay wins three in a row. Their schedule is not terrible. Say they win three in a row, they're eight and four, and then they lose two. So, they're eight and six, and then Aaron Rodgers has a chance to come back. I think ten and six might get him a, you know, who knows? That's... So, Green Bay is playing for something. I don't think Baltimore. Baltimore technically does have a chance, but I just don't I, I don't think Baltimore is any good. I really don't. I think their defense is okay, and they have their moments, but Flacco's playing like shit. They rely on that run, and they can run the ball with Collins. They have a lot of backs, so we'll see what happens. The Bucks going into Miami. Miami a one-point favorite. Tampa Bay's 3-6. and six. Miami's 4-5. and five. Both struggling. Tampa Bay is coming off a win, but Miami coming off that beat down by Carolina. We're going to get another start out of Fitzpatrick, obviously, but he gets Mike Evans back. So, like I said, uh, last week they, or the last time they played together and when uh, Fitzpatrick came in and filled in for her, Jameis, he's just going to target the shit out of Mike Evans. That I honestly think he could get 20 targets because Fitzpatrick just don't give a fuck, and he's just going to throw it. He's like, okay, uh, let's see what I got here. Okay, Mike Evans, you're a beast. I'm just going to give you a shot, which I think is the best way to do it. Tampa Bay's got to get a running game going, though. They're trying. I think Doug Martin had, like, 20 carries for, like, 50 yards. That's not going to do you any good. So they, Doug Martin's got to get going. If they get a little bit of a run game going to open the play action, get Mike Evans some opportunities, they'll have a good chance. Miami, they were one of my picks last week. They were underdogs by like 10 points, and I was totally wrong on that. I thought that game against Oakland, they started looking a little better. I liked what Drake and Williams were doing, and then they just come out and laid an egg. Carolina was just on them from the start. So I was a little disappointed in that outing. I hope I hope they give Kenyon Drake some more opportunities. It doesn't seem like they're giving him enough carries because he's playing very well. And I like Williams too. Those those guys are uh, Those guys are playing really good, really well, excuse me. You know, it doesn't seem like it seems like all of Parker's uh, catches are like fifteen yard crosser routes. All of Landry's are just one and a half yard crossing route. You know, flat routes. They need to take some more deep shots with Parker, in my opinion. Stretch the field with him. The dude is physically gifted. You know, he's a beast. Cutler likes the deep ball. Try to do some shit. Still use Landry in your underneath because that's what he does best. But. And I like what they're doing with Julius Thomas. He's, you know, he not a lot of yards last week. He did catch a touchdown, but the week before he had quite a bit of yards. He's they're starting to get him more involved. So we'll see what happens. I like uh, I like Tampa Bay in this game, though. I think with Mike Evans back and Fitzpatrick not afraid to just sling it around, I think that'll give him uh, more opportunities for big plays. So I'm gonna go with Tampa Bay on that game. All right, now we got the Rams going into Minnesota and game of the week. In my opinion, uh, this is going to be a fun one. Both 7-2. and two. Minnesota's favored. They're at home. But they're favored 2.5 points. So basically, they're saying if Rams are at home, Rams would be a 5.5 point favorite. I know if Minnesota was a 5.5 point underdog going to L.A., I'd be all over Minnesota. Rams are gonna are getting into that uh, part of the schedule that I was talking about that is just brutal. They got uh, a bunch of tough matchups coming. We're gonna find out who they're made of. Uh, I'm anxious to see who Xavier Rose is gonna cover. Now, if you you know preseason, if you would ask me that, it would have been Sammy Watkins. But the way Robert Woods is playing and Cooper Cup in the red zone, and Sammy Watkins is basically 65 yards and a touchdown or nothing at this point. It seems like. So I think we're going to get Xavier Rhodes on Robert Woods. Maybe double cover Sammy and let Cooper run the slot one-on-one. But Minnesota's defense is too damn good. I Minnesota, I know L.A. Rams. L.A. is the best passing offense in the league. And they, but they haven't, they haven't, their wins aren't crazy impressive. I know you can say that about a lot of teams, but listen, they played, they beat Indy. San Francisco, Dallas, Arizona, the Giants, Houston, and Jacksonville. Other than Jacksonville, none of those defenses scare you. Yeah, Arizona's got Patrick Peterson, but as a whole, I none of the none of those teams are 
great defensively other than Jacksonville. And mad props to beating Jacksonville. So kudos. But I think I think Minnesota's gonna give them some problems. I think Goff uh turns the ball over a couple times in this game, and I really like Minnesota. I love what Case Keenum's doing. I love what the coaching's doing with those two running backs. I feel like they're not forcing it with either running back. It's so tough when you run when you're using two running backs. Basically split carries. And but they're using McKinnon the way they should use him. They're using Murray the way they should use him. They're just doing it perfectly and it's working. And the way the what Keenum's rapport with Adam Thielen is absolutely Adam Thielen is, there's nobody, you can't be telling me that he's an unknown guy and, yeah, he's okay here. No, dude's a stud. He runs this slot. He's he's an absolute monster. And Diggs got in, got going a lot, a little bit last week. So I love Minnesota in this matchup. I love him against the spread. I love him straight up. I really think uh, this is Minnesota making a statement. I really do. And where they start pulling away from the north because I like Detroit to slip up this week. And uh, I, I still like the Rams going forward. I just think that I really think Minnesota is going to throw that defense and they're going to throw some different looks at Goff and it's going to get them a little bit rattled. So give me Minnesota in that game. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right, we got the Redskins going into Nolens. Love talking me some Saints, man. Love it. Y'all know that. Saints are rolling. What have they won, like six in a row? They've absolutely been incredible. Uh, Washington's coming off that loss to Minnesota. The scoreboard didn't make it look like it was crazy bad, but they were they weren't basically they weren't really in it that much. But it gives me a little. You still put thirty on Minnesota regardless of game script. But you gotta love those Saints are doing. But I think this is gonna be a big Drew Brees game. We haven't seen a lot of a lot of crazy numbers out of Drew Brees. They haven't had to use it. They've been killing people, and the way Ingram and Kamara are running, why he. There's no reason not to just keep handing him the ball. And Breeze isn't playing bad. He's playing great, but he's just not giving you 395 yards and four touchdowns a game. He's got a lot of no-touchdown games and 200-yard games because that's what they need him at the time. But I like Breeze in this game a lot. I think uh, I think Washington's going to stack that box. Norman on the island with Michael Thomas, fine. And I, really, I think Breeze is going to have a big game. Give me the Saints. Uh, they're favored by eight. I didn't think it would go over a touchdown, but Washington has caught the injury bug. Just they have they've had a lot of injuries this year. Gotta like I love what Kirk Cousins has done this year with uh limited weapons and I think Kirk Cousins is a stud. I've said it a hundred times, but I just think Saints are on a whole nother level. Gimme the Saints. Alright, we got the Chiefs going into New York. Play the Giants. Chiefs are a ten and a half point favorite. Chiefs are six and three. Chiefs are coming off a bye. You know what that wins? Excuse me. You know what that means? They win. Andy Reid is 16-2 coming off a bye. 16-2. That is incredible. That's absolutely incredible. That 16-2 is that's that's crazy. And then they got the Giants. The 1-8 Giants. The 1-8 Giants that don't give a shit. The 1-8 Giants that hate their coach. The one and eight Giants that would rather uh, keep their cleats clean rather than tackle somebody. They don't care. They don't want to play. They want the season to be over. They want to get a new quarterback. They want to get a new coach. They want Odell to get healthy. They they're just they want to start over. I, Giants more than anybody want to just fast forward through the rest of this year. They 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 don't want to play. Kansas City. Big spot for them. They need to. I really think you know they were five. They're one and three in their last four games. Uh, with Pittsburgh playing the way they are, and uh, New England, they if they want to get back in that, uh, getting a buy in the playoffs discussion, they need to get this win. They should win. Uh, look for a big game out of Kelsey. Giants have uh, allowed a tight end to score in every single game this season, which is crazy, absolutely crazy. So you gotta love. I mean, everything points to Kansas City here. Andy Reid sixteen and two off a bye. Kansas City is just better. Giants don't care. They don't want to play. They suck. And 
Kansas City's just got all the weapons. Big game out of Kelsey, big game out of Hunt, I believe, and Kansas City rolls them. All right, we've got the Cardinals going into Houston. Houston, a small favorite. Arizona, 4-5. and five. Houston, 3-6. and six. And I already talked about it, but Gabbard's going to start. So we get Blaine Gabbard versus Tom. Macho Man Savage. Holy. I just cut the promo, baby. That's going to be lit, right? Tom Savage, Blaine Gabbard. Fuck. That's got a shootout written all over it, people. Yeah, this one's going to be a doozy. Uh, Arizona, got to get AP going. They're definitely going to try. You know they're going to try. He's going to get over 20 carries all day long. Patrick Peterson is going to be all over D-hop. So if Houston needs to run the ball, I've been saying it, they need need to run with Foreman, they need to run with Miller. But if you throw, you're not going to get a lot of opportunities to throw to DeAndre with Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson is absolutely balling out this year. And... So, Will Fuller is battling a rib injury. I think he's going to maybe play through it. It's just like a pain tolerance kind of deal. So, they're going to need to get Will Fuller involved, tight ends involved, dump off to the backs. They're going to have to do it that way because Patrick Peterson's not going to let DeAndre Hopkins get a lot of work. I don't foresee that happening at all. And like I talked about earlier, it's a good opportunity for Gabbert. I hope he comes out and plays well because... You never, you know, I like to see these guys. Uh, it's a good story. Maybe he comes out, has a couple good games, and we'll see what happens. But give me Arizona in this game. I think that they will, AP will have a bounce back game after getting held in check against Seattle. And Houston's defense struggling. Blaine Gabbert takes a little bit more chances, got more weapons on the outside. So give me Arizona in that game. Buffalo going to the Chargers. I talked about this a little bit earlier. Taylor getting benched. We got Nathan Peterman. No McCoy, no hope. He's been ineffective. He's not. I think the last two weeks he's had like 28 carries. In the two wins prior, he had over 60. He's got it. They got to work him. They got to get him the ball early and often. He should have 22 to 25 carries and five to seven catches. Get Peterman, let McCoy move the sticks for him, get him a little bit more comfortable, let the crowd settle down, let him let him get, you know, let him get a little groove going and see if maybe if he can start uh getting some confidence and working the ball down the field. For the Chargers, Philip Philip Rivers is gonna play. Pass concussion protocol. Uh that defense has been playing well. Melvin Gordon's not been playing very well though. And they've been really going to that Austin Eckler backup running back a lot, especially Against Jacksonville in the late in the game, that really surprised me. But yeah, Melvin Gordon so capable. Got to get him going. Buffalo, like I was talking about early, can be run on a lot easier now without Darius, and it's shown with the Jets and the Saints running all over him. So I like the Chargers in this game. You know, rookie quarterback going against that secondary. That's tough sledding. Bills on the road, traveling all the way to the West Coast. Got to like the Chargers in this spot. I think Melvin Gordon gets back on the right track as well. So give me the Chargers in that game. All right. Bengals and the Broncos in mile high. Denver's a small favorite. Cincinnati 3-6. and six. Denver 3-6. and six. Not a lot to talk about in this game. Uh, the fly zones become the no... Or the no fly zones become the fly zone, rather. But it's Dalton. So who knows if he brings his rifle or his BB gun. Um, there's not much really and both these teams are very very much struggling both these teams have abandoned the run and they have not been effective running the ball Denver needs to just pick a back and stick with them this given CJ Anderson 7 carries Devontae Booker 6 carries and Jamal Charles 8 carries is just trash it is fucking trash because you do not let these guys get a rhythm they don't it's trash C.J. Anderson, I know I've said it a million times, was playing so well early on in the year, and then they just do this shit. And, you know, Brock is Brock. It's just Dalton is Dalton. A.J. Green should be okay. He's going to have Tlaib on him probably most of the game, but Tlaib struggled too. I I really don't, I probably won't, this game is not going to be one that I pay attention to a lot. I definitely will watch some, just because that's what I do, but... 
neither team's playing for much at this point. So we'll see how that goes. I Dalton does tend to play a little bit better against teams that don't see him very much. You know, division opponents and uh, more familiar teams, he tends to struggle more. So, And uh, Denver's defense has struggled, so we'll see. But I do predict a big Von Miller game. He has not had a great uh, year numbers-wise because he gets a lot of help, a lot of chipping, but that offensive line can be had. So give me two and a half sacks for Von Miller. All right, we got the Patriots and the Oakland Raiders in Mexico City. Seven and two Patriots, four and five Raiders. Patriots are favored by a touchdown. Oakland's coming off a bye. Um, One factor, Mexico City, there's elevation. That plays a role, believe it or not. I know you know that. And uh, New England just got done playing in Denver. uh, Denver's got elevation. And they stayed in Denver. Stayed in Denver all week, then flew out to Mexico City on Friday. Or will be flying out on Friday, excuse me. So I think that does play a bit of a role. More acclimation. I'm actually, I shouldn't say that because I don't know exactly what Oakland's travel plans were for sure. They might already be out in Mexico City. I'm not sure. So I'm not going to say that exactly. And they wouldn't play a big part in it anyway. But, you know, more fatigue later in the game. I think this game has shootout potential. And I think it has uh, definitely take the over in this game. I think it's going to be a lot of points. New England's defense has been playing better. But... There's still a lot of weapons on that Oakland side. And you saw when they played Miami their last time out, Marshawn Lynch got going. And that's a big part of this offense. If they can get Marshawn Lynch established and then give Cooper and Crabtree and Cook and all them guys um, opportunities, you never know. And I'm maybe I'm just being optimistic or crazy because I really want New England to lose. It would be nice for, for Pittsburgh, but... I don't know. I still like New England this game. I Probably even against the spread, but I think Oakland is going to keep it close for a while. I really do. They're coming off a bye. They've had a lot of time to think about this, so get Lynch going. Give them boys opportunities, and New England is going to do what they do. New England's going to take away your what you want to do. They're going to kill you by a death by a thousand paper cuts, and they're going to nickel, and they're just going to go. Uh, Rex Burkhead, I think, is a big X-Factor. He's been playing very, very well. Looks like Deion Lewis has awarded himself the opportunity to receive the most carries out of the backfield. James White is still dangerous. They have a fleet. They have a whole fleet of backs that are all capable. Hogan will not be playing again, but they got plenty of weapons. So give me New England in this game, but it's gonna. I think this will be a fun one. If you like a lot of offense and craziness, that'll be a game you want to tune into. All right, Sunday Night Football, Philly and Dallas. I did touch on this game a little bit. No Zeke, no Smith, no Lee for Dallas. That's trouble. And I bashed Linehan a bit last week. I, you need, they need to run the ball. Dallas has to, has to, has to try to establish the run. Morris did not play that bad last week, but they just abandoned the run. They have to run. Run with Zeke more. Run the read option. You can't let Dak just drop back 60 times. You will lose, and you will lose bad. No Tyron Smith is an absolute killer. I talked about that earlier already. I hope they coaching makes adjustments to give help where help is needed. Give Alfred Morris a real shot. He will have a stat line similar to Zeke's if you give him the workload similar to Zeke's. Mark my words. Everybody knows Philly is playing the best in the league, probably. They're 8-1, but they're coming off a bye. We haven't seen them in a while. Let's see what their mindset is like now. Are they want? Do they want to come in and just end the Cowboys? They want to, you know, this is it. They want to come in and just destroy them, or are they comfortable? Well, they already got a three-game lead. We'll, do, we'll see how they respond. I think Philly's D-line should be able to get to deck early and often with their offensive line problems. But like I said, if they get Alfred Morris going, that's so big. Don't abandon it. Give Dak some running opportunities. It'll, you can keep it close for a while, but I do like Philly in this game. How can you not? Garrett Blunt, just murdering people on the run. 
and then add JGI another bruiser, and then they can throw you Smallwood. Like they have so many great backs at this point, so many capable receivers. Alshon Jeffrey, and they're so good. And Carson Wentz is probably the MVP so far this year. He's balling out. So you gotta love what Philly's doing. I'm I'm really anxious to see how they respond coming off a of bye. I really uh. I really think that's going to be huge. Dallas knows they have to win. They need this game or it's going to be really tough for them the rest of the year. So that's going to be a fun one. Atlanta, Monday Night Football going into Seattle. 5-4 and four, Atlanta, 6-3 and three, Seattle. Game's a lot more interesting than I thought it was going to be if you'd have told me two weeks ago. So Atlanta's coming off that uh, big win in Dallas. We'll see what Seattle's coming off the win in Arizona. They're, they had some more time, so... Well, I like I like Atlanta just because of Sherman. Sherman is such a big loss, and if you think Byron Maxwell is going to come in and fill those fill that void, you are high. Now I know I talked about I liking the move for Seattle to go get Maxwell because of the familiarity, but I also did say that you're not going to replace Richard Sherman. It's going to be a lot easier sledding on Julio and Mohamed Sanu. They're going to be way more opportunities. Uh, Freeman is doubtful. But Coleman is definitely capable. They will try to get him involved. They have to. They have to make sure they run the ball. Seattle's been very stingy against the run as of late. But I like. I think Coleman's going to have a nice game. I really do. I think that Seattle's going to have to uh, make up for the lack of Sherman. You're not going to be able to just put him on an island out there. So it's going to leave a lot less uh, eight-man fronts, seven-man fronts. And it's going to give some room for Coleman to have a great game. And I like Atlanta in this game. I like Atlanta in this game. I like them. I feel like they. I, this feels like a must win for both teams. This is a we've had we had some great primetime games this week. You know Pittsburgh and Tennessee before the game. It was supposed to you know going to be a good game. Division leaders. Then we got Atlanta and Seattle, Philly and Dallas. We got some good primetime games. It just feels like if Atlanta doesn't win. With New Orleans and Carolina the way, playing the way they are, it's going to be tough catching them. And then the Rams, I know they have a tough schedule, tough schedule woes coming up, but the Rams are still balling out in Seattle. It feels like they need to keep pace. And this is going to be a good game, but um, give me Atlanta. I like Atlanta on the road in this spot. So that's it for the games. That's it for me, except, oh, wait, excuse me. Got to make my picks. My picks last week I uh, went two and three. My worst week, I had the Rams minus 11, the Pats minus 7 half for my wins, and then Pitt minus 10, Miami plus 10, Cleveland plus 11. All three of them did not cover. So that brings my record to 7-7-1 seven, seven, and one against the spread. And my picks this week give me Minnesota minus 2.5 from all the reasons why I talked about earlier. I really like them in that spot. Philly minus five, all those injuries to Dallas. I think Philly gets the deck, and they get that. I think it's a big J.J. game, too. I think they get him going. So I'm going to keep riding with New Orleans until they prove me wrong. I am, I'm not going to doubt them. I think eight might be a little too much in this game, but give me New Orleans. They're rolling, and I expect that to continue. Chicago plus three. I talked about it earlier. I think this could be a letdown spot. Uh, a look-ahead game, so give me Chicago plus the field goal. And then I will take uh, Arizona plus the three. Oh, excuse me, sorry, Atlanta plus the three. I apologize. For, and I just talked about that game, too. I like Atlanta in that game, too. So so Minnesota minus two and a half, Philly minus five, New Orleans minus eight, Chicago plus a field goal, Atlanta plus a field goal. Those are my picks. Uh, if you guys want to make some picks and send them to me, that'd be dope. That'd be kind of cool. It's really fun, so I... Uh, I encourage anybody to do it. It's really hard to pick against the spread, and it's a lot of fun. So, uh, Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Give me that five-star rating. Write a review. Uh, follow me on SoundCloud. Uh, leave a comment on SoundCloud. That'd be cool to get a discussion there. I would love that. Hit the like button on those SoundCloud episodes. That means, that's a lot, means a lot to me when people do that. Uh, follow me on Twitter at HiMyNameIsBen06. Instagram at TalkingSportsWithBen. Uh, if you want to shout out, email me at TalkingSportsWithBen at Outlook.com. I, I want to get some shout outs to you people. That's one of my favorite things that some podcasts do. Uh, one little shout out I want to talk about, and I doubt, I don't know if he's listening or not, but 
Um, Nathan McIntosh. He is a comedian out of New York City. And he's such a good dude. He has a podcast, and I have I've talked to him actually quite a bit via social media. And he's giving me shout-outs on his podcast. He's, I've talked to him. I've brought up talking points to him on his podcast. We've been in talk. And he's just a really great guy. He is so fucking funny, too, people. You need to go look up at his stuff. He has an album on iTunes. Nathan McIntosh. He is absolutely awesome. But what I was getting to is that he sent me a personal message, a DM on Twitter. And he just... It's so nice of a man. He just said that... He's happy that I'm chasing a dream and that I started my own podcast. And, man, coming from a guy like him, he has a bunch of followers. And I'm just a little guy. And he is just good looking out. And it, it means the absolute world to me. Go check out his stuff. He was on Conan um, just a few weeks ago. So try go find that on YouTube. Dude is so funny. Go buy his album. Support this guy because he, he's, he's really, really great. So thank you, Nate. I really appreciate that. Uh, like I said, hit me up on any social media if you want to just talk, you want to want me to talk about something, if you want to shout out, let's talk, let's, let's chop it up a bit. Thank you for listening, thank you for sharing, it means everything to me, and much love, people.